On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we are catching up with our favorite Kryptonian as we cover episodes four through six of My Adventures with Superman, currently streaming on HBO Max. Right after that, no control over. I do want to see Superham now. (laughs) Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation, a conversation and a celebration. Of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation and cartoon seriously, but not too seriously. We're your hosts. I'm Zuhair Ali. And my name's Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I can't make it clear enough how genuine we are when we do these recordings for you guys. We don't do any second takes. We don't we we accept all of our vocal flaws, mine more than anybody else's, but <laughs> <laughs> this is heartfelt. This is genuine. You're getting you're getting raw silliness from all of us. <laughs> We're a couple of regular Clark Kents over here, except for hiding the double life and secret identity. We don't do that part part of it. Yeah. <laughs> We're stand up totally. guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I do trip on the staircase getting into the room sometimes. So, careful, full Clark Kent. <laughs> careful. <laughs> so, yeah. how are you liking the show so far? I am still really, really enjoying it. I think the first three episodes that we talked about were a very strong opening. And mm-hmm. I think my main takeaway with these four episodes was the show is doing what a show is supposed to do. Every episode gets a little bit better. The writing even seems to be improving. The character development is there. It's building the story. So while it is, you know, an entertaining and kind of light and breezy experience, um, it's not without its dramatic moments and and beats there. So uh, I, it's still one of my favorite DC things, one of my favorite animated things, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite Superman things. It's I look forward to watching this show every week, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. How about you? How are you feeling about the series where we're at right now? I'm definitely enjoying it. I think the the general vibe of it compared to other things that we've covered, like Young Justice, is it's it's very refreshing. It's mm-hmm. it's a very feel good show. Like I'm not like oh my god, I need to watch this episode. But when I see it pop up as available, then I'm like looking forward to like sitting down and watching. Like I don't want to wait, right? But sure. it's not because of you know cliffhangers or a a ridiculously intense story. It's just the overall vibe of it is just so comforting at the end of a long week. It's just really nice to be able to sit down and hit play and just the comedy is always on point. The reactions between the main characters are always on point. And then on top of that, I feel like the action and the storytelling is just a bonus on top of that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly what and who Superman should be. Like we, we've seen a lot of different iterations of Superman to, you know, differing differing levels of acceptance or reception, for lack of a better term. And I feel like you know this is the series is doing everything you're supposed to do with a super a Superman series, and uh, that's what makes him so different from someone like Batman. He's not as dark and gritty. He mm-hmm. certainly has you know his harrowing moments, but it's it's just what I'm really enjoying about this series. As much as it is about Superman and it's about Lois and it's about Jimmy Olsen, like Clark Kent is also such an important character. And and I think what kind of came forward in these three episodes, I, I think it's interesting that we decided to take the approach of splitting these up into three and it actually worked out like more nice, 
a lot a lot better than I than I could have anticipated. It just feels like there's a nice through line there. And and one of the threads that kind of came to the forefront for me without getting too spoiler at this point is just the fact that like it, how important it is to Clark to to have that aspect of his life and to strive for this normal life. And I feel like uh, while that's been touched upon on various iterations of Superman, I feel like this one is really doing it the best that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of attempts and a lot of different variations. But one of the reasons that this works with Lois and Jimmy as well is because we're seeing them as they're all interns and mm-hmm. they're all like, you know, coming into their own and they all have something to prove for themselves right now. Like it's not as much as a lot of it is around Superman. Like you don't feel like it's just them focused around that story because they're just trying to take off their careers together at the same time. And this is just kind of like a means to do so. So mm-hmm. it it doesn't feel redundant in that it's like we're doing Superman and these two people are getting in the way or always happen to show sure. up. It's the fact that like, this is just kind of like something that they're doing together. And the fact that they have all three of these characters at a very similar place in their lives is what makes mm. the, the synergy of it all really well. Yeah. They're really well-formed characters. They don't feel like accessories. Like they have agency and they have their own things going on. And as you were kind of like, bringing that point up it made me think there's this concept it's usually kind of reserved for like live action uh tv and 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 movies i don't know if it's been applied to animation so much but it's the it's called the bechdel test are you familiar with that at all not sure okay so it's this it's this test that basically you can take any form of media or content and are so the whether it passes or fails the test is based on whether or not you have a scene where two women characters uh, do something other than talk about like the male protagonist in a scene. And if they accomplish that, it is said to have passed the Bechdel test. And it is astonishing how many prop, how many pieces of like media that we consume, especially, you know, back in the day that did not pass that test. I think it's been getting better and better as representation and, you know, diversity and, and just having the care and attention for that has, has come to the forefront, but even, even removing it from having to be women characters in particular, it's like you go into a show about Superman. Yeah. Superman is the main appeal, but when you have these characters like Lois and Jimmy, the fact that they do have their scenes where they're not fixated or their actions and, and emotions aren't completely dictated by what's going on with Superman. It just makes Mm -hmm the show that much more enjoyable and makes the characters feel that much more real. Yeah. Great writing, great animation, great storytelling and uh, three great episodes. I think I'm ready to talk about. Okay. So yeah, let's get a little spoilery here and we'll do that by uh, going over these synopses. So we'll start with episode four, which was titled let's go to I've let's go to Ivo tower. You say, I don't know if that's a reference to something, but uh, (laughs) if you, if you know, write in and let us know animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com so perry tasked the interns with covering a gala held by dr anthony ivo the ceo of amazotech familiar with the allegations of amazotech's illegal activities lois discovers several attendees she believes to be corrupt while clark stumbles upon ivo in the midst of an argument with an amazon tough to say with amazon being out there in amazotech (laughs) amazotech chairman regarding the board of directors desire to vote him out Clark attempts to interview Ivo, but he has a, he has security throw him out. 
After Lewis, what's that? Impressive security. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. That's a good security squad there. But uh, after Lois helps Clark sneak back in, they find a secret room containing similar technology that Livewire and Intergang used. They later glimpse Ivo demonstrate the Parasite 1.0 armor and attempt to drop his company's chairman out of a window. Clark becomes Superman to save Curtis, who is the chairman, while Ivo traps the attendees in the Amazo panic room so he can fight Superman. Realizing the armor absorbs energies from his attack, Superman stops directly fighting Ivo with Lois and Jimmy's help, draining the suit's power, before removing Ivo from it for arriving paramedics after the armor drains his own energy, leaving him deformed. The interns return to the secret room but find it empty. Later, Lois reworks her Superman evidence board using articles involving sightings in Kansas and starts to believe Clark is Superman. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Episode five, you will believe a man can lie. That reference I get. Enlighten me. Uh, So the Richard Donner Superman movie, the first Superman movie that came out in the 70s, that was like one of the taglines. You will believe a man can fly. Like that was one of the things they promoted. So you will believe a man can lie is a nice little reference there. Clever. I like Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Hoping to confess his. Burgeoning. Oh, thank you. Hoping to confess his burgeoning feelings for Lois, Clark asks for help in developing a story about the stolen military technology spreading throughout Metropolis and a mysterious individual kidnapping anyone using them. However, she sees it as an opportunity to expose him as Superman. Using an old dispatcher scanner, she chases down Superman as he foils various crimes before eventually meeting him after he defeats Heatwave, another criminal empowered by the stolen technology. While Superman is distracted, Heatwave escapes, believing he is behind the kidnappings. After he drops off Lois at the Daily Planet to keep her safe, he reconfronts Heatwave and discovers the true culprit, the abducted criminals, is an armored Wilson aided by similar robots that Livewire used. Their subsequent fight soon endangers civilians, leading Wilson's superiors to General and Amanda Waller, ordering him to withdraw so Superman can save them. After returning to Lois, she forces Clark to reveal his secret identity to her and is left distraught. Meanwhile, Jimmy is disappointed to learn Clark and Lois failed to attend a pre-planned camping trip to investigate Bigfoot sightings with him. He goes alone, but a large gorilla kidnaps him. This was one where I was like, do, do we want to record early? This, I, I kind of need to talk about this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it worked yeah. out. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And finally, episode six titled My Adventures with Mad Science. And I don't know if that's any kind of reference other than referencing the title of the series, My Adventures mm-hmm. with Superman. So after failing to locate Jimmy, Clark reaches out to Lois for help. Despite, dis, despite still being mad at him, she agrees. Scouring the woods, the pair find an abandoned military installation called Area 52. But upon crossing the fence, Clark's powers falter falter due to the area being exposed to red solar radiation before they are chased by OMAC robots. Meanwhile, inside Area 52, Jimmy meets and befriends the gorilla Monsieur Mala and his partner, the Brain. The pair reveal they originally worked for Project Cadmus, a branch of Task Force X that focused on developing futuristic technology before the latter organization betrayed them and raided Area 52. Ever since the Brain and Mala have been attempting to create a wormhole to access other dimensions where they will be accepted. Eventually breaching Area 52, Clark and Lois reconcile with each other and Jimmy, who reveals he knew of Clark's secret identity before joining the Brain and Mala 
in defeating the OMAX. Successfully opening their wormhole, the brain warns Clark that Task Force X is after him before leaving with Mala. Concurrently, the general recruits Ivo to help him use Cadmus's technology to kill Superman. It's all coming together. All these and little pieces, all these little fragments from each episode, all the stuff from the mis- from the mystery. Like we have our groups, we have the names that we've seen before, like Cadmus and Task Force X. All these little fragments are coming together, and I'm excited to see what these last what four episodes have for it. Yeah, it should be a ten episode season here. So, part of the reason we do the synopses on episodes like this, I think, is. Hopefully for you, the listener, it serves as much of a refresher as it does for me personally. But before we get into the nitty gritty spoilery thoughts here, speaking of refreshers, I think we have an ad partner that can offer some refreshment. Yeah, Superman likes to get his energy back from the sun, but unfortunately it drains us human beings. So (laughs) it's time to fight the thirst. Do not be a victim of dehydration because it is not a fun thing to do. And one of the best ways to stay hydrated is by using liquid IV. One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. The result of an extensive R&D process to prefer the flavor and efficacy. I think I said efficiency the first few times. Liquid IV combines combines science-backed zero-sugar technology with the brand's commitment to delicious real flavor. No artificial sweeteners and zero sugar with proprietary amino acid allulose blend for a sweet taste without the calories or raised blood glucose levers, levers, <laughs> levels you get from sugar. Contains eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness with three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks. Non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. They partner with leading organizations to fund and foster innovative solutions that help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in more than 50 countries around the world. Get 20% off when you grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free, or any other variant at liquidiv.com and use code STAYWELM12 at checkout. That's S-T-A-Y-W-H-E-L-M-E-D. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code STAYWELMED at liquidiv.com. And we thank Liquid IV. If you guys have a favorite flavor by now, let us know what it is because my sea berry is running out and I'm due for a new order. Okay. Power to the people. Let him know what his next flavor should be. (laughs) Powder from the people. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not kidding when I say I use one of these every day because Lord knows I need them. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, got to stay hydrated in the summer heat. Oh, yeah. So. I kind of alluded to the fact how I liked how we paired these off into episode into three episode arcs. And I think that worked out really well for this set of three episodes in particular, mm-hmm. because I feel like there were multiple seeds that were planted that we kind of got to see come to fruition. The first of which being I noticed in the episode four when they went to the Ivo Tower So Clark and Lois were having their cute interactions like they do where they were talking about, you know, the prospect of doing this assignment together. And then they're getting ready to say something like, oh, 
should we think of this as a date? But they don't get to say date because Jimmy mm-hmm. pops in there and says like a perfect night with three best friends. <laughs> he is such a cock block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how unabashed he is about it. He's just so enthusiastic. But that being said, it kind of planted the seeds that Jimmy was going to start like feeling like a little bit of this third wheel. And mm-hmm. we saw that come to a head in episode two where he gets stuck with Steve Lombard. And I got to say, like, we talked about all of our protagonists having to face like these various challenges. And I really think Jimmy had the worst of it by having to deal with Steve Lombard. <laughs> but the, yeah. And so then, yeah, finally for it to to come to the end where, you know, he was going on this this journey of like not feeling like he was a part of, you know, his friends didn't care about him as much as he cared about them. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Lois and and Clark are not doing that intentionally. They're just so consumed with, you know, their their own ongoings. But it was really satisfying in episode six where they all basically got to have that reconciliation. Like, uh, like I alluded to, Clark, like they ask him, why did you cut us out of this like big part of your life? And it's like, I, I wanted to be your friend. I didn't want you to think me a, think of me as an alien. Like I wanted to be your friend. And like that just really struck a chord with me and helped me identify with all three protagonists even more yeah i i don't know how much more to to add to that it's just a beautiful relationship and like i said earlier on they they're very they're at very similar points of their life like whether their end goals be different to see things drift at that point from people that they've known for so long is just kind of like a difficult thing in this you know growing time to have to deal with yeah yeah and it's one of those things like i'm glad they didn't drag it out too long. Like mm-hmm. having, you know, Clark with his secret identity, hiding it from both Lois and Jimmy. Like that's something like I could see other shows like dragging that out through the duration of the season or having only one, it be revealed to one of the characters and another one of them being left in the dark. But again, like I, I think that's, you know, credit to the show. Like it's called my adventures with Superman. And I really do think that's a reflection of, Jimmy's adventures with Superman, Lois's adventures with Superman, we, the audience, our adventures with Superman, as well as Clark himself, his adventures with Superman. He's he's yeah. just getting to know who Superman is and discovering all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess another thread that kind of stuck out to me in terms of like these three episodes kind of being paired nicely together is, so we had Dr. Ivo introduced in episode four. He makes the transformation into Parasite. And then at the very end of episode six, we do have that, that tease that he is going to be working with this mysterious general figure to, I don't know if he's going to be the big bad, but he's definitely going to be squaring off with, with Superman again. Oh, I kind of remember the point that you were making off of the last one with shows okay. like, sorry, I'm like backtracking a little bit. It's My all good. brain just went blank. All good. With shows like bad batch, there was a lot of like, if you know that this is going to be eight to 10 episodes, like why are you giving us these like fillery episodes that don't like mm-hmm. add up to anything? I sure. think this is a good example of just kind of like every episode having something that like builds up to like where we feel this end game is going. Like, I don't feel like any of this has been wasted and it could be because of the nature of the show where I was saying like, it's a feel good show that just happens to have good action and yeah. building up. But that could be because it's building up that it's a feel good show and it could be getting more intense down the road. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think in like a lesser show, like episode four specifically might have felt like a a detour. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's move away from like the big things that are happening this season and just have a little one-off adventure. And 
that this show just doesn't do that. There's no room for filler. It's very, very streamlined, and I appreciate it for that. But with Anthony Ivo, I I was a little mixed on how I was receiving him at first, but I, I do mm-hmm. think that's what the show wanted. The show wanted me to not like him, and so it, it accomplished its goal in that regard. Yeah. On the other hand, he was so different from like previous iterations of Ivo that I've seen that I was I didn't know how it was gelling with me. And there were like certain points where it was like, okay, the fact that his name is Anthony Ivo and they're calling him Tony and he's got like, you know, the ridiculous like goatee that's been like mm-hmm. carved like a certain way. I was like, I see what you're doing with the comparisons to Tony Stark here. He's basically an anti Tony Stark, in which case he's like a Justin Hammer. Oh, multiverse. But, yeah, yeah. I ended up uh, I ended up liking it. And uh, this was definitely a different take on parasites, but I thought it ended up being pretty satisfying especially the fact that like he ended up being his own undoing and uh like he has that moment with clark where he's like i I don't get it man what's your angle like why are you doing this and clark's like is it really that difficult for you to believe that people are just good and want to help yeah and i will say it's it makes a lot of sense like he was our iva was already so unlikable but it just makes even more sense that his chair would be trying to force him out of his own company because like he may have the aptitude for the tech, but he clearly does not have a brain for marketing because even if it's, I don't know if a suit could give me superpowers, calling it a parasite, parasite yeah. 1.0, <laughs> I'm not putting that on my body. So like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, way go to go. To it the... is living up to the name. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> got a little yeah. bit of a green goblin vibes there. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hey, a Tony Stark did get kicked out by the board in the first movie. Did he? Yeah, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, villain of that one, Ironmonger, after he oh. like brought him his pizza and did the little oh. Sony thing in his ear. Right, so right. They were questioning. The board. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Good call. Good like, call. Shut down all the military programs. And this guy just shut down his own face because he did not come out of this episode looking great. No, he didn't. He was <laughs> effed up. <laughs> you did this to me. You started the fight, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Entitled much? Yeah. I I I guess another thing, because it seems like we've kind of been focusing on episode four specifically here. We can open it up and talk about the other episodes, yeah. but I did want to make mention that another through line that kind of like really stuck out to me and that I appreciated was learning more about Lois and it started in this episode where Clark has ripped his jacket, which uh, they have that nice moment on the steps where she sews Aww. his jacket for him. And, and she tells, like, I had to learn how to, you know, do all these various things because my dad instilled that in me. And then, like, in episode six, I think it's when she's tracking Jimmy through the woods. He's like, how did mm-hmm. you learn how to track people through the woods? And she, wilderness camp. It's like, oh, that sounds intense. So you get these little seeds planted about lois's background and her relationship with her father which makes clark's betrayal and her distrust of him like you know just ring a little bit more true but i i kept finding myself like wondering so we've got this like character of the general and that's all he's been credited as as, but he looks like he's of a similar like ethnic background to lois especially with the get up she wore at the gala i'm wondering if the general is her father and that's a big thing that we're we're moving towards all right, August 8th, you're calling your shot. I am calling my shot. <laughs> you heard it here first. May I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one to have said that. But but we're the ones that matter, so it's okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever watch I Met Your Mother? 
I watched it in its entirety. It's been a few years, but I did. As you were describing all of this, it reminded me how much of Lois Lane is like Robin Shabatsky. Do you remember for her 16th okay. birthday how her dad had him on the helicopter and like show, like gave him a knife, threw him her out of the helicopter and was like, you have to survive in the woods for the weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming back <laughs> to me now. <laughs> when you first Everything started... Distracted Lois, the fact yeah. that she's a reporter and like... Robin was on an anchor and everything. I'm just like, oh my god, it's there. It's Lois there. Is Robin. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. When you first started bring up how I met your mother, my mind immediately went to the fact that I kept talking about the general, and I remember they had that ongoing joke where, like, wherever they said, like, you know, it was a general misunderstanding or something like general, <laughs> general misunderstanding. misunderstanding. Yeah, <laughs> do the salute. Yeah, yeah. Colonel exactly. stuck in my tooth. That one was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I was just eating popcorn before this too. Nice. (laughs) So aside from that, the last big takeaway from episode four that I have is when Superman was like being insistent on like sticking with the cards and just like asking the lamest questions and not getting anything out of people. Right. But like we, he finally found out like what being a reporter and a journalist like meant to him when he was talking to was it Curtis and like there was something that triggered him and he was like all right screw this like why are you doing x y and z and it's like you could tell like this is what really mattered to him this is what he wants Mm. to pursue this is the type of like justice that he really wants to push for and that's worth quote unquote like breaking the rules for looking outside the system for uh so I really I like that growth and just the the delivery that um what's the name Quaid Jack Wade. Yeah, Jack, yeah Wade. Jack Wade. Just the delivery that he had because it was it was really emotional and just the way that all of that was portrayed. Yeah, I agree. It was strong characterization, strong motivations, and it seemed like, you know, the the natural reaction and just was so in keeping with Clark's character. Yeah, he's a little shy and can be timid, but when push comes to shove, he's going to stand up for the little guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I suppose uh, just talking about the three episodes as a whole, I'm curious to hear what your take is on some of like these DC villains that we've seen in, in other properties. Like we got Heatwave, we got to see Slade Wilson Deathstroke again. Uh, we had, <clears throat> excuse me, we had Monsieur Mala and the Brain. What is like some of your experience with these characters and, and what was your take on these interpretations? I'm not sure that it clicked to me that it was Heatwave on this episode. Milan Brain was interesting because I haven't seen like enough of Brain, but it mostly is like a supervillain thing. But I like that it was just like just like a a, a cranky old man just wanting the kids to get off his property. Sure. And sure, they had this relationship with him and... uh, Mala. I don't know too much about Mala too. I'm just because of the Flash series. I, I guess I've seen more Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, and I, I think, haven't seen Mala. Like, sorry to cut you. I just think Mala. Like, if I'm not mistaken, they were always like a background character in Young Justice, mm-hmm. and that was like one of yeah. my earliest exposures. I was like, it looks like Gorilla Grodd, the beret. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of those characters where it's like. Because Young Justice is a lot of like you have to know the background. It, it doesn't take away from anything if you don't know, but mm-hmm. there's a benefit to knowing. And yeah. when 
I was watching this episode, I was thinking, I was like, is that who that gorilla was? Because I know it mm. wasn't Gorilla Grodd. So yeah, I didn't really have too much outside of the show to really relate to, but enough that this repicturing of the characters was really interesting to me. Like I missed Wade Wilson. Slade, Slade, Slade Wilson. Wilson, excuse me, <laughs> DC version. I missed Slade the first time. So when he came up, oh, right. I'm just like, oh, that's right. Yeah. So it, it, I just like how they're repurposing them because I feel like how we talked about in the opener, like we haven't been seeing as much of Superman lately in other content, whether they just can't get the story right or they a lot of people just don't understand that he doesn't need to be the overpowered force that he is. Right. Sure. Like I like when the. This is why I like Superman in Young Justice, and this is why I'm loving Superman here, is because he's not invincible. Like, yeah. the fact that robots and supervillains with high tech can cause him problems is super important. The sure. fact that in the first Avengers movie, Tony Stark was fighting Thor, that's how tempered Superman needs to be. Like, obviously, it's amazing that he can lift a car and nobody can actually physically push him, and you need this heavy tech to do it. But yeah this show is finally getting it right. And I think that's why people are going to start paying attention to the character and to the villains and such more, even if they're just, which I respect just saying, screw everything we know about these guys. This is a story that we're telling. Yeah, sure. One thing you said there, like brought to mind to me, like thinking back on the first three episodes, one of the things that like, it kind of felt like it was falling into the pattern of, and I didn't mind it in those three episodes, but like talking about like Clark not being invincible and, and you know, robots and, and and stuff like that being able to cause him some harm and, and set him back. It felt like those first three episodes, like they were establishing a motif, like he was going to learn a new power at the end of every episode. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that they moved away from that. So it wasn't yeah. as formulaic. And it, instead, I think they focused a little bit more on the the character development. Like there was that, that moment when they were running through the booby-trapped uh, encampment in Area 52 and the turret comes up and, you know, Clark's weakened at that point by the the red solar energy and takes all the bullets. And Lois asks him, like, how did you know you were bulletproof? And he says, I, I, I didn't. didn't. I just oh, my heart. wanted to keep you safe. Yeah, such a such a good moment. Gives me goosebumps here. But um, bringing it back to the villains, I think with Slade in particular. There's not and I'm not you know saying this to be super critical, but we haven't really spent enough time with him one on one to mm-hmm. get too much of his personality other than the fact that he's kind of like this hired dog that kind of relishes in the opportunity to inflict some harm and whatnot. And when he's like kind of told to retreat, you get a little bit of an attitude there. Like he does it, he complies, but you can tell he wanted to keep going. And yeah. I think with his character and his design, like first of all, I love the fact that Chris Parnell is getting the chance to do something so different from what he normally does. And I think he's doing a good job because normally he plays kind of, you know, like oafish characters like, he's Jerry on Rick and Morty or in Archer. He's, he's Cyril Figgis. So always these kind of like put upon characters that are a bit of punching bags. So for him to be able to be a cool badass, I like, but I do, I do feel like that his character and his design and his action sequences and his weaponry is where the series is really embracing like that anime element. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I think that's pretty cool. As far as the brain and Malago, again, yeah, characters that I'm not super familiar with, but I did do a little bit of research and apparently they're more often than not, they're Doom Patrol villains. And the fact that they were a couple. Oh. Is not a, yeah, yeah. 
I light remember bulbs, brain light bulb now. just went off. <laughs> yes, that's okay. where else I see him. Okay, yeah, uh, but this this idea <laughs> of them being a couple is not new to the series. Apparently, that's been established in the comic books for a, a long time. So. Uh, I like the fact that it subverted expectations. Like this whole time I was just waiting. I was like, okay, what is Jimmy going to do that sets them off and ends these pleasantries? And it just never happened. Like they were just always (laughs) very cordial. And I got to say the moment I really loved is when (laughs) Mala and the brain, they're like, go back inside to like, let, let the three protagonists hash it out. And like the brain's like, but Mala, I want to watch them fight. <laughs> and then later on, Mala interrupts on the intercom. It's like, they're, they're robots on Zoe. And he's like, hey, what happened about giving us a moment? He's like, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I love drama. <laughs> Dude, you yeah. nailed it on, on capturing that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun between uh, the two of them and Jimmy's dialogue about knowing Superman. Like we know that DC and especially with Young Justice has been targeting, not targeting, but bringing light to social issues. And Young Justice has done it in a really beautiful way. That's kind of like made mm-hmm. you appreciate and kind of understand things. So without directly going into anything, the fact that there was dialogue of Brain and Mala trying to find an, a place where they can be and accepted and find more people like them and find that community for themselves. And Jimmy saying that I knew all along, but that was a venture for you. I'm going to I was going to wait for you to be comfortable to come out and tell me. Yeah. Just little dialogue like that, where it's not like directly talking about anything, but depending on like what place you are in life, you can take words like that and like just really take, get something out of it. I I love how DC always does that. And that dialogue is just really beautifully done. Yeah. I I think it was a beautiful moment, a very heartfelt moment and really demonstrated their friendship and the understanding and the care that was there, even if it wasn't spoken. Um, It was just something that existed between them. Uh, So I really appreciated that, but I also loved so, I love some of the humor behind it too. He says, "The first day I met you, you ripped the doorknob off, off the door, and, he's like, and you said it was the screws." And then Clark's just like, "Could have been the screws." It was like it was the other half of the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That does make me wonder, though. So, like this version of Jimmy, he's got his Flame Bird account, which is like you know the conspiracy theory YouTube channel and whatnot. I wonder since he's known about Clark for so long or known something was different about Clark, did his relationship with Clark fuel his interest and fascination with uncovering these Mm. things? Or was it already there prior to meeting Clark? And that's what made him so, you know, already accepting and and open to the idea. That'd be a cool thing to get an answer for later. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I really think Jimmy had some like, great moments and i i i think that was one of my big takeaways from this this three episode arc as well is like i think it would have been very easy again for a lesser show to relegate jimmy to just like you know the third wheel only comic or only comic relief or anything like that mm. but they don't treat him like an idiot like sure he's got quirks sure he's funny but he's actually really smart and has strong observation skills and he's a talented photographer. So I'm sure, you know, I think you talked a little bit about it when they talked about the first three episodes, but him like having that moment where he's like, 
you know, blacklight photography is not only cool, like it serves a purpose. So yeah. we can see these, <laughs> these fingerprints and everything like that. But, uh, I am shopping for all these tools. It's like, I'm taking everything. It's like, you don't need to, <laughs> but I appreciate that because that's exactly what I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I, I have I, microphones in my backpack when I'm a photographer? I don't know, but I bring them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Better to have and not need than need yeah. and not have. But uh, I do want to give credit to the voice actor Ishmael Sahid uh, because one part in particular that like stuck out to me is when um, he's captured by Mala in the brain and you they at first they're coming across as very foreboding and nefarious and he just lets out this <laughs> yelp that is like that guy put his all into that yelp like i am completely <laughs> sold on his terror there <laughs> and then he, what was his dialogue about like you know what if i'm going to go to science and go at the hands of aliens and at the hands of sasquatch i'm fine take me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> At least someone cares what I'm thinking. Yeah, that was so sad. Dude, that the end of the of episode five when he was at the bus stop by himself bummed me out so much. It was sad. It was sad. Nobody was calling back. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll speak from personal experience, but I've been there before where like you get that dejected feeling where it's like, yeah, all right, who needs them anyway? It's like, you know, yeah. that's just coming from a place of hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I do I like there's a couple of friends that I have and they're always like, Hey, we should FaceTime after work. And I'm just like, all right, when you're done with your last meeting, I'm sitting in one spot for the next three hours. Like, give me a call. Mm-hmm. Sitting, sitting. I was like, should I text? Should I call them first? Did they forget? Do they not care? Yada, yada. This is blowing me out. Okay. I'm going to go for video games mm. now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, again, Superman has this like reputation of being the golden infallible boy. But this just shows the nuance of his character. He's a good friend, mm-hmm. but he's not incapable of failure. And he failed Jimmy in that way. But yeah, they had the chance to to reconcile. So. Um, two highlights from episode five that I want to bring up is the way that they yes. opened is when he had the 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 radio. The to hear, oh, the like, police scanner. Yes, thank you. Okay. The, the opening part of that where like something would come up on the scan and you'd be like, I'm going to get a bagel comes and goes back. Oh, I forgot the cream cheese goes and comes back. Oh, I need to go get this goes and comes back. And she's like looking at the scan and the look on her face because she knows. Like we just talk about how great like Jimmy and Lois's relationship because they he, Jimmy's always down to just get into mischief with her, but she's just more uh-huh. like determined with it. And he's just like out to have a good time. But like her delivery on everything is just so, so wonderful. I love the way this character is written so much. And oh, yeah. Just a little yeah. highlights of that moment. And when she thinks that it's smart to, like, handcuff Clark and he, like, entertains it for a little bit. So as soon as she handcuffs him, I'm thinking, like, he can just break out of that. But then right. from, like, a combat perspective, it was easier for him to keep her close Right. To make sure that he wasn't in harm's way, that someone didn't take her as a hostage, that she didn't get hurt, so she could defend her and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. just little things like that, like I care about you so much that I'm just gonna like bring I'm just gonna keep you close and you know, take care of you, and then it's like, okay, I can't play this anymore, break it. Bye. Right. Yeah. So th- those were two highlights of that episode for me. I just I love all the lowest scenes. Yeah, she continues to be uh, I I love her so much, and I think I don't know how strong the conversation is and it just might be one of those things where it's like a vocal minority but i've seen a little bit of backlash to the reception of her character in social medias i think the show as a whole has been very positively received but i have seen a couple of detractors like 
pointing her out specifically and like making note of like some of the hypocrisy, how, you know, like she's not above like gaslighting and lying to like give herself that opportunity to be the reporter she wants. But then she gets so offended uh, by being lied to by, by Clark. But I, I just, I, I personally don't feel that's there. Like I, I really like this, this version of her character and she's got like the agency. She's spunky. She keeps Clark on his toes. And I think it just helps to highlight how, I don't want to call him like a full on klutz, but again, just like the timid and like a little bit shy nature of Clark. Like, I think it's a mm-hmm. great balance between he and Lois, like opposites attract. And I'm, I'm definitely getting that from them. But one more thing I, I just kind of spinning off here. But when you mentioned highlights from episode five, like I, it started coming back to me <laughs> and we didn't see a lot of Perry in these three episodes, but one of the little moments I loved was when Steve came in and told Jimmy that he was going to be his photographer. And then you just see Perry in the window for a second and the blinds come <laughs> down super. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have too much more to say. How about you? Anything you want to bring up? Nah, it's just been a super fun show and I'm, I'm loving it, man. Can't wait for right. Can't wait for Friday to roll around. I'm actually going to be sad when it's over. Like, I'm, I know we're on content overload right now, and there's just a lot of mm. stuff to watch every week, but I'm going to be bummed. I'm right there with you. And in uh, bringing up content overload, I did want to like make mention that uh, Harley Quinn still ongoing. Uh, I am hope to cover that in like batches of three as well. And then Futurama, the revival there. I'm up to date with that one, but I haven't exactly decided how I'm going to go about covering that one. I don't know if it's worth covering every episode individually but maybe talk about the season as a whole once it's uh once it's out but how about you how are things going over in uh jujitsu kaisen world yeah i missed last week's episode just because i got a little burnt out oh but the five episodes that are of gojo's past are finally concluded there's going to be a few episodes back in the present timeline. That's just kind of going to be like foundation setting and kind of tying all the pieces together. And then there's an arc that thankfully the manga readers haven't spoiled for me in any way, but they've told mm-hmm. me it's just batshit crazy and it's coming okay. out next month. So okay. the Shibuya arc is coming soon and I'm, I'm ready to just have all the, Oh my God moments every Thursday. Okay. Sweet, sweet. Look forward to it. All right. Uh, anything else you need to let the people know about before we get out of here? Let's see. So we have the Jujutsu Kaisen coverage. Me and Haley Hobbs from Source Pages are doing a Ahsoka primer by covering the main storylines from seasons one through four of Rebels because Ahsoka is basically Rebel season five. Nice. I will be featuring on Peeves Gap Fest that Sarah oh. Day's Harry Potter podcast uh in a couple of weeks uh i'm basically the the go-to person for the guy who watched all the movies before he ever considered reading any of the books right so i'm just going to be sharing my perspective from there but that show is basically um comparing the books to the movies and what they want to see out of the series that max is going to be doing soon sure so that's all I can think of right now. I'm sure I'll be on three, two, three with Reed Murphy as the football season starts back up next month. So okay, for now, it's just all the different little sub shows we have going on here. For sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Staying busy. I like it. Yeah. Um, as, as for me, in addition to 
Animation Deliberation, you can catch me over on Multiverse News. And I'm going to be making my debut on Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater to talk about the A24 horror film, Talk to Me. So excited to do that. And just want to thank everybody for all the support. Continue to support us. Like, subscribe, give us a review, share us with a friend. All of those things are tremendously helpful and appreciate you. So with that being said, keep tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. And as always, stay whelmed. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. <laughs>